Hey, yo, welcome to the uh, podcast for this weekend, the podcast that you cannot advertise on, even if you want to. I'm told I have to make that clear every once in a while. This is my hobby. It is a hobby. And uh, yeah, legal advice is, hey, make that clear. Just once in a while, go in there, make that clear that this is a hobby for you. It is. It is a hobby. Um, and it's a new thing, the podcast. It's, what is this, week five? Um, uh, I don't, you know, I I have to be honest with you. It's been good so far. Uh, I'm, I don't want to share numbers with you because uh, numbers are so subjective that people will say, oh, well, those are those those numbers are, are really high. Or, and other people will say, oh, those numbers are so low. But I know, you know, I know this, the numbers that uh, online audio used to do in my old job for people with bigger brand names than me. And, uh, and I know what numbers I've been doing so far on this podcast. And uh, the numbers are pretty similar, if not a little better since I've been doing the podcast. So I appreciate that. And thank you. It's been nice. It's been awesome. Um, and I continue to just have conversations with people that I think are interesting. I think that's it. I think that's just the concept. You know, I'm figuring it out as I go. I think you do a five-minute monologue or so up front, and then you have an hour or so long conversation to follow. And uh, this conversation is a little over an hour. In fact, Kat and I actually, she's a podcast fan as well. We actually talk about how long should podcasts be. This one is on the long end, I think, of what I'll do, but I'm going to let it fly, not edit anything. So I think it was really good, and I'm a big fan of Katarina Schwarz of Kat Bucha. And we'll get to that in about two, three minutes. I think I cannot possibly let the podcast go by today without at least commenting on what happened last night uh, in... Uh, in America, and uh, specifically here in Rochester. Uh, peaceful protests in most cities around the country turned violent and disgusting, and uh, vandals broke into things, spray-painted, looted, etc., etc. And, you know, I'll tell you the truth. I've been having a real hard time struggling in my head with exactly what level of protest slash riot I think was appropriate because here is what we know. We know that this most recent um, this most recent uprising has come as a result of the murder of a police officer in Minnesota murdering a black man who had used counterfeit money, I guess. That was a murder. I, we saw that. I mean, the, the nation has now seen that video, and that was a murder, and there's no doubt that that was a police officer murdering a civilian. And I, I don't even think that the, the, the Blue Lives Matter people at this point are even going to argue with you that that wasn't murder. That was murder. Now, I'll tell you, I have seen where... There are already autopsy results, and I don't know if the autopsy results are true or false, but I've been seeing it circulating online saying that he didn't die from the knee to the back of the neck. He died from a combination of intoxication and previous health problems and being distressed. And so that's just going to add fuel to the fire. Uh, it's, they're trying to convince him. The, pol the police are going to try to convince the, the country that this guy died and it was his fault that he died no he was murdered we saw the video this guy was murdered when somebody fucks up there needs to be consequences 
There have to be. Otherwise, they never learn their lesson. I've been around people my whole life who seem to be allowed to just fuck up over and over and over, and there's never consequences for them. And so what happens? They never learn a lesson. They just do whatever they want. Well, the, the same holds true here. There have to be consequences. And it took them four days to arrest this man and the other police officers who were involved in this. And the nation just wasn't having that shit. The nation was like, no, there have to be consequences. This, this, this is not good enough. That was a murder. And then you, you spent four days just getting around to arresting the guy. Bullshit. And so the country called bullshit. And up until this point, I agree. Bullshit. And then they, they organized protests, and the protests, for the most part, in every city. It was almost the same story in, in almost every city. Protests almost every city over this weekend started peaceful and turned uh, violent. And and here's the thing. Here's, here's where I'm conflicted. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to leave you with any piece of wisdom here that's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you the answer because I don't know it. But I don't know if peaceful protest is enough. I don't know. I don't know. When you're when you have a peaceful protest, you don't cause anyone any inconvenience whatsoever. Do the bad apples out there? We know there's bad apples. We know they exist. We know it. Do they learn a lesson when there's just peaceful protests? Do they actually see that and give a shit? When we see what we saw this weekend where people are burning their cities to the ground, do they learn a lesson? No. No, they don't. They just get pissed off, and they see it as war. The bad apples. that call it the white supremacist, angry racist. When they see what, what we all saw all weekend, that makes them think they're in a war. Okay? So that's too far. So peaceful protest not far enough. What we saw this weekend, clearly way too far. What's the answer? I'll let you know when I figure it out. I told you, no big piece of wisdom getting dropped here. I, I don't know the answer. All I know is, that's heavy. Let's lighten things up a little bit. She is the founder of Kapbucha. She was the first kombucha creator in Rochester. She is a wonderful person, a brilliant person, a talented person. Please enjoy my conversation with Kapbucha's Katarina Schwarz. All right, I think we're up and running. I think we're good. Cool. We'll go with that. So we're two now. We're two X radio people. Two X. Two X radio people. You you were a radio person. I actually went back and listened to the last time I had you on. Yeah. Because I don't have I don't have any of those interviews anymore. That all belongs the intellectual property of anything I did before I left radio belongs to my old radio company to iHeartRadio to iHeartRadio yeah and never so never getting that back it's never coming back <laughs> it's not so I have to start over I lose all my old interviews everything I ever did and yeah, so but- I remember interviewing you and loving you Oh, thank you. No, I really. loved you. I loved our interview too. Well, y- you are one of those people and like just now before I left my house I was telling my wife all about you. And and she was like, uh, who who are you interviewing? I said, oh, Katerina Shore. She's the cat from Cat Boots. My wife goes, oh, cool, cool. I go, 
No, no, no. Very cool. She's like the cool. <laughs> she's the coolest. She's a flautist. And then I told her, "Did you know you can say flautist or flutist?" And you're right, no matter what you say. <laughs> Wow, you're going to be like an expert about our old interview, and I'm just going to be like, oh, wow, did I really say all that stuff? Oh, no, we got a lot to cover. Because that's the other thing about old radio is back in the back, the old way mm-hmm. I had to I had to just like do a radio style interview and everything's fast and quick right we talked for like 22 minutes we did talk for a while and that's an eternity in r- real radio it went by in the blink of an eye I have to say you th- it did well, for me because of you thankfully I don't know I think you're a pretty good host no you you also are a radio person though well, tell me about your radio career more in depth because <laughs> last time we breezed through it Oh, well, it's really not that exciting. At one point, I worked for WXXI. Yeah. And I started off there in the classical radio station, um, basically as a sub for when the regular announcers would take off or needed someone else that day. And I had no experience in announcing, but I have experience as a classical musician. So, um, and that's kind of how it works for classical radio there is that they're looking for, they're looking for, um, musicians who you know know how to say tough names of people yeah. and and there's a lot of those in that particularly genre. performers and yeah. um <laughs> so that was me and they taught me how to push the buttons but it's better that you don't do like that you weren't a radio radio person because radio people talk like how I, i'm still getting out of the habit of being like radio man with a radio voice i think it's good i mean it's it's pleasing i listen to a lot of podcasts by the way uh-huh. and um if people aren't aware of their voice mm-hmm. on podcasts it really irks me but um Maybe I guess I'm being snobby about it, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way when yeah. people are a little too quiet, you know what I mean? Or a little there's, too extra. It, yes. there's a, You have to just be yourself. Yeah. Because there's like a, po- I've noticed there's like a podcast voice that's kind of like, I don't know if it's, you have to have a little bit of vocal fry. Like <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a little bit of, like, like I listen to this one called uh, Start Here. It's, I think it's ABC News. Every morning they do a 20 minute podcast. Uh-huh. It's just everything you need to know in the world yeah. news wise. That's like my that's like my news morning drive to work thing. Yeah. And what I love about him is he's a news guy. And I can't even do a good impression of him, but he's a news guy with a news delivery. And when he does commercials, he still does it as a news guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and then of course you have like the Ira Glasses of the world and you know every other half of their sentence you're like what did you say yeah. you dipped so low yeah what that's, are you saying that's an npr thing though it's an xxi thing right it's to be so not radio voice <laughs> you, it's like the other extreme where you're just so such a normal voice that yeah you just occasionally trail off yeah like yeah this. absolutely yeah right right yeah. Wait, i what? saw ira glass by the way last summer at the uh, chautauqua institute i saw him speak he's cool he was very cool he's cool have you seen that show high maintenance i don't think so Um, It's amazing. It's on HBO and it's, he was on that and that's like a very cool show and he was on it and I was like, yeah, I'm, I just love, this is not a dig at Ira Glass. Go ahead. Dig Ira Glass. Ira, if you are listening, come to Kabucha. Okay. I will hook you up. Why? What did he do? Did he say something bad about kombucha? No, just I just want him to know I love him. Okay. And uh, it's nothing against his voice. It's just sometimes I have to turn it up. Maybe I'm getting old. Well, I have a spoiler alert. I do not think Ira Glass listens to this podcast. <laughs> Kat, I don't think anyone listens to this podcast. <laughs> I, 
it's <laughs> it's pretty new. <laughs> oh my well, gosh. Anyway, well, so you had a little bit of a radio career, and before that, you were a classical musician, right? That yes. was a big thing. You were, it, and I learned from you that you can say flautist or flutist. What, you getting a text message? What's going no, on? I'm just turning my phone off because oh, yeah. I've been, that's how far out of radio I've been. Well, no, the, this isn't radio. That's the beautiful thing about a podcast. We can do whatever we want. That's right. We can swear. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, shit. You should say, oh, <laughs> you can swear. Your phone can go off and it's not like the end of the world. I can take a phone call. And you can mention XXI and I don't get in trouble anymore. I love it. Do you um, know, do you know? That I never had any problem with anyone mentioning anything, yeah. any other radio station, any media whatsoever, period. But did you know I got in trouble once? Not the time you said it, because you did talk about XXI when I had you on the radio. I got in trouble for saying XXI on the radio once. Because you said it? But maybe because I said it was okay. What it was, specifically what it was, was they had Rachel Barnhart on the show. Oh. And I, did a, I made a promo out of it, and I left her saying that she had heard from xx it was something something was going on i think it was during the wegmans thing at the very beginning of covid yes she had said that xxi broke some news and in the promo it she said xxi broke the news and i got in big trouble for that and i That's was like I, crazy whatever town. i'm quitting soon anyway so i can get in trouble for anything I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> at the end i didn't care if i got in trouble for anything oh my how's goodness. it how's kombucha going so kombucha is actually going so well um my company kombucha uh, first kombucha company in the city of Rochester, located yeah. down by the public market for any of those, the couple people listening. Um. Literally, it's it's just a couple. I'm really sorry. Last no. time you came on, there was a lot more than there are now. I don't, I <laughs> refuse to believe that that's true. But um, it's going really well. And, you know, uh, this last year, 2019, was our biggest year. Which, surprise, surprise, we're only two years old. We, we got you know we kind of starting to get the hang of things here but but it was a really good year picked up a distributor um and then of course 2020 not really anybody's year huh uh maybe maybe it's your year though well well no well, yeah i know that it's it's kind of it kind of sucks because it, it kind of i just bought a factory in the middle of a pandemic no hold on a second i is kombucha selling well during the pandemic to be honest with you it seems like it would um, Am I wrong? I'm going to tell you the honest truth. Yeah. It is selling like crazy yeah. during the pandemic. Okay, right. I can't even keep up with it. I mean, save for the first like couple weeks where everyone was like, am I going to die? Like, mm -hmm. I lost my job, I'm going to lose my house, whatever. You know, so everyone's had that freak out. And it's lasted longer for some people than others, as we all know. But um pretty much right away i would say after two weeks after the you know march 15th ish area um we started picking back up and um you know it was a little scary here as a business for a minute um since primarily i sell to like restaurants and bars and that kind of thing uh which all pretty much ceased any business um and I, I turned it around and made it about the customer, mm -hmm. um, the, the direct customer, I guess. Um, and that's been going great. And then, of course, summertime helps. We're right by the public market. Um, and a lot of those restaurants and bars are starting to um, feel a little bit more secure in bringing in other products to sell for their curbside and delivery, what have you. So my distributors are coming back. You know, they're, they're, they're crawling back, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm working on it and it's given me time too to really think like, okay, 
is kombucha something that people want or is it like a convenience or, uh, you know, like a novelty thing Wait, that you're, people... Are you, you're questioning whether or not people want kombucha? Well, sure. Like, I, I think so. You know, I think any any business would, right? You like to, You do have to. You have to self-reflect. You absolutely. Yeah. And especially in a, a really trying time like this, it, it, it begs the question, is this what people want? And do I continue? Because if I'm going to continue, it's going to take a lot more work and a lot more hustle. And I'm, you know, you said we can swear. I'm already hustling my ass off before this. By the way, you could say ass on regular radio. Give me a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll let it come organically here. I'm so like, I have such an affinity to swearing in a a setting like this. It's weird to swear into a microphone (laughs) it is, but that's okay. It'll come organically. You're right. Um, Go on on with what you're saying. I'm sorry. No. So, you know, I had to kind of reevaluate and just see, like, if I put myself out there to the direct customer, would people order? What is it like? You know, are people happy to have this? And the answer was yes. Um, and then, of course, my my distributors are coming back um, looking for more product. I think that that's because they see, you know, their customers, which are these bars and, and casual eatery places and all that kind of thing. Um, I think they're seeing you know, through social media or what have you that I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking, okay, she's, she is selling it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll sell it and people will want to buy it. And then, you know, that just starts. I told, I tell people I had to like re get all my customers again. Did you really, did you have to repitch? No, I didn't have to tell them. You just had to remind know? them, hey, remember we were doing business before? Yeah, like, I think it's like, you know, we're, it's not like it's bottled water for God's sake where people need it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, it, it it's not cheap necessarily for a restaurant or bar to carry kombucha. Doesn't mean that you're not making a profit, but it does take some, you know, uh, assurances on both ends that like you're going to pay this price and you're going to turn around and sell it within a certain amount of time because it does have a shelf life. What's shelf life on? And do you sell in kegs? Is that how it works? Uh, so I do sell bottles and I sell um, kegs, and I I do I put a three month shelf life on them. Now, the thing about kombucha is that since it's fermented, it's really a preserved food, so... I'm going to burp. Oh, you could have burped. <laughs> Come on. You could have burped right into the mic. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I was wondering no, I what won't was do going that. on. I won't do that. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying now? It's got a shelf life. Yes, yeah. thank you. So yeah, I yeah. put three months three on months it. Three months shelf life, which I get... What is that a is safety thing or is that a freshness thing? So... It's more of a freshness thing, Um, not necessarily fresh, but like the thing with kombucha is that it's essentially vinegar. Um, And the trick is to ferment it to a point where it's tasty and a little sweet still without being too vinegary. Um, And if you let it go for too long, it'll just turn into straight vinegar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you pick one off the shelf that's like two years old, you know, it's not gonna hurt you but it might be pretty gnarly to drink and you don't want people drinking that especially because you never know when it's their first time absolutely i mean you you probably have the same thing where you don't want customers picking up your product off the shelf and not getting the best quality that it is so um you know and that being said not all kombucha you know goes sour like that um it it really all depends on the tea and you know the acidity when you're bottling it and how it's handled afterwards it's 
there there definitely is a trick to it so now when i talked to you the last time you were telling me about kombucha kind of the science of it and how you came to it so we, we don't have to quite go through it as sure. extensively but i do want to at least touch on it in case this is the first time anyone's hearing us talk uh you were talking about it having like is it it's got living microorganisms or something yep. or how yep. does that work yeah so you probably like cook your sauce yeah, yeah you like pasteurize it so that anything that was living in it is now dead and then when you bought you know when you yes. um, jar it well, it's safe to go you we, know? Get, we get something called critical factors yeah i have to do uh three things i have to get it to 195 degrees yep hold it there for six minutes and then I have to taste, test the acidity, the pH level, and it has to come in under 4.2 yep. at the time of bottling, and then again 24 hours later. Oh, interesting. Those are my those are my three things. If I do those three things, I'm good to go. That's awesome. Yeah. So that um, is somewhat like one of those things is similar to what what my critical factor is. So I have the same thing. Um, you know, it's you probably follow like a HACCP report, which mm-hmm. for those of you out there who don't know what that is, it's basically Oh gosh! Hazards and critical control points. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's a plan that so that way the you know whatever you're making is safe for consumption and um, you're looking out for all the the roadblocks along the way. So um, one of the critical control points for kombucha is that it has to be under the pH has to be under four point two within twenty four hours of um, inoculating it, which is when you're adding the starter and. Mm. Um, the SCOBY and all that. And then um, the finished product has to be at um, at least below uh, 3.4 um, pH. So it's actually a pretty acidic drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, as an acidified food um, or acidified food, <laughs> I can't even talk. It's either way, it's like flutist, flautist. Just, <laughs> yeah, right. I believe either way. It's Go both. Um, <laughs> that and the, and the fermentation aspect of it. Um, that basically is like a kill step. So mold can't really mm-hmm. live inside there. Um, so, but to get back to your original question, whether like are there living organisms in there? Yes. Um, most food uh, places, whether it be a restaurant or a co-packer would, you know, totally want to annihilate any sort of bacteria or okay. living organism in their food. Um, whereas here, we do the exact opposite. We're trying to <laughs> cultivate these little guys because that is the good stuff that's going to happen uh, in your in your body, on your skin. Um, kombucha has uh, these living organisms, um, and they actually become visible. So if you ever picked up a kombucha and wondered what the heck is that floating thing in there you burped again i just burped again that's okay would you just did you eat is that what happened no i'm like sucking in all this air because i'm talking oh, so much sorry about that no it's okay but i did have a grilled cheese before i came here nice so. how do you do your grilled cheese <laughs> um i have my fiance make it okay clayton eddie i want to do a shout out to you since this isn't really the radio <laughs> you can do you whatever make you want the best grilled cheeses what's babe? his secret he just knows the right like butter to like, and then it's perfectly yeah. golden and like melty. Have you ever heard of people who make their grilled cheese sandwiches with mayonnaise in the pan? Have you ever seen that? Uh, no, but we're definitely trying that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it sounds weird, but go home and like YouTube it or something. There are people who the way you would put butter in the pan, yeah. they put mayonnaise in the pan. For for grilled cheese only or like other things too. I've only seen it for grilled cheese, but I guess right. you could get inventive. But I tried it once and I thought it was amazing. And what? my wife took one bite and was ready to throw up. But no. I thought it was good. Okay, wait, does she just not like mayonnaise? She just didn't. She just doesn't. She's very healthy. Okay. About everything in life, and okay. I and I, I am. 
Well, let's just say not quite as healthy. Well, <laughs> about, about the way I. Hey, eat. last time I saw you, I tried to offer you a cupcake, and you like wouldn't take it. Actually, you gave me cupcakes, and I was like, you should take one. Well, because I had. Because here's the thing. To be honest with you, because I have a problem, and <laughs> this, I whoever. Oh, I know what it was. It was there was a bakery girl. Caramel bakery. Yes, she was on Haley. I think right. Yeah. She came on the same time you did. She had brought four cupcakes. Yeah. And cat. I don't have the ability to not eat all four cupcakes. <laughs> and it's it's funny, but it's really a it's a problem. Oh my I gosh. would have eaten all four. And I know that if I just give them away, like it, it won't happen. Here's the thing. You got to start drinking more kombucha because yes. the kombucha, um, it works to kind of neutralize your body pH. Is it healthy? Straight up healthy? It is. So, I mean, here's the thing. Those people who are like anti any sort of sugar whatsoever... I'm going to break it to you. Kombucha has sugar in it and you really can't get around it. Any brand that's saying that they don't use sugar at all, they're not making kombucha. The kombucha culture needs a food. The way that fermentation happens is that um, they need a food source so they can reproduce and then basically ferment the contents of, you know, whether it's sourdough and you're talking about flour and water, you know, the the food source there is the wheat. Um, the wheat content or the, the gluten, I'm sorry. And then, uh, with kombucha, you know, it's not the tea. They don't, no one eats tea. It's leaves. Um, they need sugar. That's what they eat. So, uh, so are there kombucha places that claim they don't use sugar? Yes. And they're mostly like the bigger brands because the, the, in the past, I would say five years ish, the bigger brands are being super threatened by the smaller brands like moi, mm-hmm. um, you know, because people are super into getting local small batch stuff and they're willing to pay a couple bucks extra for it. So what are they trying to do? They're trying to reimagine kombucha in a way that it can appeal to people, not only in a way that's one cheaper because they can do it cheaper, but also um, by trying to have some of those like trigger marketing yeah. words. No like, sugar added. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So technically our kombucha is no added sugar. That's for sure. Like kombucha, mm. no added sugar. I do not add sugar after fermentation. Sugar does need to be added like at fermentation for the, the culture to eat. Um, but some brands um, will put in sugar after fermentation to kind of sweeten it up. Like I said, it's pretty acidic. Um, and they'll try and sweeten it up to appeal to the soda drinkers. Um, but I mean, here's the secret. People who drink soda, they might like make a face at kombucha at first, but they'll be like thinking about it later. I mean, I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many soda drinkers have converted to kombucha and then, you know, then to seltzer, which they would probably have never thought they would have gone to seltzer. You know, it's like. You're right. um, No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So it and that is also because, like I was saying, the kombucha helps to kind of neutralize your body's pH. So if you have a tendency to want to, to consume sugary foods or consume alcohol or salts or fats. It, that is all your body's pH, like craving something because your the pH of your body is, is at a certain point. And kombucha helps to like bring that back into a middle ground. And so you're more balanced. You can actually taste foods a little bit better, like foods that you thought were bland before, such as, you know, maybe spinach or legumes, like that kind of thing. Um, they become really flavorful for you. Things that were sour before become not so sour, like grapefruits and lemons and that kind of thing. So um, it really does kind of open up the palate, which I think is cool. You really, you had to learn about all this stuff. Like this, 
what do they say? They say necessity is the mother of invention, right? <laughs> yeah. You had a need, right? Didn't you? Wasn't it like a medical reason or something that you had to learn about all the things you're talking about right now? Sure. I mean, and, and it wasn't all that long ago, was it? No. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and then, you know, I guess maybe this is a good point to say, like, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a registered dietitian. This is all stuff that like any one of your listeners could um, pick up some of the resources that are out there and learn for themselves. But, um, yeah, so I kind of stumbled into kombucha like a lot of small brewers do um, because I had some gut health issues. Uh, and honestly, it's something that runs in my family. Um, and I kind of always chalked up the people in my family who have this issue. Um, we got to talk about the issue because I, I last time I wanted to talk about it and I, I got to You can't talk you. about butt stuff on the radio. You know what I mean? Well, that I, was like... Well, it was just... It was just... <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was like a very proper news station. And yeah. now this is just a stupid little podcast. So like we can talk about this. Okay. Well, so it was IBS. I have IBS. Yes. Right. I think I have IBS. Well, I, can you tell me what are the, is it based on what you eat or is it based on, because basically my whole life, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. I can't even look you in the face when I say it. <laughs> I, so my, my whole life up until today, I have got the nervous shit. Yeah. My whole life. Yeah. Do you get that? Um, well, I don't want to put so, you on the spot. You don't have to no, say it. No, so want. my <laughs> issue was the opposite kind of thing. Oh, you would get nervous constipation. Yeah, I would just be constipated. For like days on end, and it was tied to anxiety. I think so, okay. or stress. Um, so, and that's something that runs in, in my family, too. That One, there's a lot of neurotic tendencies and anxiety in my family, and if anyone has ever come up and talked to me, they know that I have a little bit of anxiety, I can't shut the fuck up. Like, I yeah. like, I have that to like over explain everything. That was a good one. And it everything. was organic. And See? It was a, that was a good one. <laughs> All right, go on, sorry. <laughs> I put that in there for you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, I kind of stumbled on kombucha because I was like, I cannot have yeah. this issue that these other anxious people in my family have. Like, I'm not like them. I'm chill. I'm cool. You know, like I can't have that. Um, and I, and I thought there must be some medical reason here, you know, and, and they all do like tons of Metamucil and all this stuff. And I'm like, that can't, I just can't live that way. Um, and so, yeah, I went to a, a guy, uh, not a gynecologist, but that anyways <laughs> no that was the wrong g word um no, gastroenterologist okay the one that go. goes with your belly the belly not, not the quite, other one not quite so south the other yeah the other one is different that's a different thing <laughs> yes. i have a 19 month old at home and so two years ago i was going through with my wife you know she's pregnant and i yeah. got to go to the gynecologist for the first time ever and it was, that was pretty great right that was interesting yeah i apparently i wasn't supposed to take my pants off but it was i'm just kidding that was a bad joke <laughs> go on go on that was stupid. Hey, they, they know a lot of stuff um <laughs> So anyways, she was, she, and, and also maybe to tie you into this too, is that like, she basically was like, we don't know, like IBS is like something we diagnose people with when there's something wrong and we like, there's no real root to the cause, you know what I mean? But we know that you're struggling. We know you're struggling mm -hmm. either there's IBSC, which stands for constipation mm -hmm. and IBSD, which stands for diarrhea. That so was me. Right. Look at, we got the whole thing represented between the two of I us. I know we can, we need like <laughs> someone else to round out the alphabet with us. Um, so anywho, um, she kind of pointed out that potentially there are 
in you know lifestyle factors that were contributing to this even though i you know i'm fairly healthy vegetarian but like that i had just graduated college and i was you know didn't you know just moved out of my own and wasn't really working in the field that i went to school for and so potentially it's all brought on by stress um and it's not like uh you probably don't have any stress in your life you know oh, so jesus it's yeah i mean well we all do right but, sure right like it was just and then the other being thing, a business owner though oh it, it brings on a whole nother level yeah it, absolutely it, it it just does and and previous life you know there were like public appearances and things that yeah. i would have to and that would always just i mean at one point i had i was i don't think i've ever even talked about this publicly i actually had my doctor prescribe me beta blockers yes you know i about was those? just going to say you yes. might um benefit from like having a banana before a because bananas are natural beta blockers okay. i don't know if you know that but no, i didn't um, know that no. yes that is a thing um because be- before when i was a, a you know, I still am a flutist, but when I was a flautist, <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, flautist. Um, I'd have a banana like 30 minutes before because it's a beta blocker, um, and it would help to beta blockers help with nerves and and being able to perform mm-hmm. um, in whatever capacity, I suppose. But you know, mm-hmm. like I'd play play a lot from memory. You know, playing 12 minute long works of you know pieces of music from memory. Um, you had to. You have to memorize it. You don't have the book in front of you. Honestly, if are you sure that no one actually listens to this, look up Katarina Shores on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. What? it's. I got some stuff on there. Do you really? All from memory. Check that out. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm I not will. gonna lie. I'm not trying to toot my own flute, toot but it. I was pretty good. Back then, I was pretty good. Well, you're you were. I know some people in Rochester who are amazing now. So I mean, like you know. Be honest with me. Let's t- let's talk RPO. Could you be? Were you at that level? No, I don't think so. And I, okay. I mean, RPO has got its own little thing like going where it's like if you didn't go to Eastman, it's like very l- unlikely that you'll even get in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, potentially I could have been like a sub, but I don't think I could have like, I don't think I could have. And that's partially why I changed course is because also I didn't like like the pressure. I mean, I know that we were just talking about how stressful it is to be a business owner, but at least here, like I have my own. I put the expectations on myself. It's not yeah. necessarily uh, as, I don't know, scary. Yeah, I understand. You're not <laughs> on stage know. in front of people. Yeah. You, 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 know what, you know what it is? It's the moves here are slower. Yeah. It's broader strokes. Capbucha is like a ship that you're, 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 you are, you're driving the ship, but you're in the sea and you can make moves left and right, but they happen slowly over time. Right. And people don't, when you're on stage, literally every single note yes. is a huge moment. Yes. I get, is that what you're trying to say? I guess. And then like, you know, when you're playing music with others in a setting like that, it can be some of the most amazing experience of your entire life. And that can be really hard to like live up to too. And so it gets like, I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this where you work really hard towards something and then it happens and regardless of the outcome, whether it's positive or negative, there's like a lull afterwards mm-hmm. and it's really hard to like kind of get out of that funk. And I don't know. It just got to be very emotional. I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> clearly. I understand. I understand. Um, it got to be very emotional. It's also a very lonely um 
life it it felt very lonely because you spend so many hours a day by yourself practicing and um how often do you play still today uh, I play once in a while. I mean, before COVID, I was in my fiance's band, which is like a kind of like a satirical French inspired rock band, which was called La Cheetah. And or it is. I mean, we just we played like a few times out and then um, in the in the new year. And then, of course, all this happened. Yeah. But um, so I played with that band and that was really fun. Um, last fall, at, I don't know if you know Ben and Katie Mori, but they're awesome local musicians who um, opened up a, a community music school called the Submarine School of Music. And I did one of their fundraisers where we did um, The Point by Harry Nielsen, which cool. is a super awesome 70s like musical cartoon movie that was like only aired on, on television. And you can get it on DVD now, of course, but... Um, we did like a kind of like a reenactment slash viewing of it. It was like a multimedia type thing. It was so fun. That's awesome. Um, that that was great. Um, so I played a lot actually recently, which was so nice. Um, and I always play in my parents' church in Canandaigua. Um, they they're like gracious enough to have me back, even though I feel like I'm an old hack by now. <laughs> <laughs> do you love it? Do you love it still? Because I can't. I'm trying to. I don't understand. It seems like you're conflicted. It seems like you kind of love it and you kind of hate it. I, am I get, reading it no. wrong? Wow. You're, that's it. Like, I know that that, like, that seems like a very basic explanation for, for what, how I feel, but it's so true. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. Did you it, get burned out? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I got burnt out or if I, like, I know that I have a competitive streak in me and I wonder, sometimes I wonder if because I was so competitive, Competitive to like make it work that if it was really though what I wanted to do because I feel so much better suited to do be doing what I am doing now yeah, yeah. which is to be it's like what I'm doing now is creating a culture it's not even about the kombucha it's about like changing habits sort of yeah for sure and also doing. like I still get to be creative I still get to have like autonomy and like that's super important for me like I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that like I'm the perfect employee because I'm pretty sure that a lot of the reasons why I got in trouble at previous jobs was because like I if someone asked me to do something that I think is stupid I'm gonna like tell them <laughs> or like if someone thinks that like what the shirt I'm wearing is inappropriate I'm gonna be like you're inappropriate <laughs> okay hold on it sounds like there's some stories there. no I mean like not real there's no stories there but it's just like you know what I mean okay speaking of XXI like I remember once I in the summertime I'd bike there I'd wear shorts and then like of course like all no one ever said anything to my face but I'm pretty sure that people were like oh you probably shouldn't wear shorts to shorts work. shorts like, are inappropriate Exactly. At I'm just XXI, kind of like at, at XXI. I can imagine. I, I picture Evan shows up every day in a tuxedo. I don't. <laughs> no, he always shows up in like matching socks, matching tie kind of guy. Right, right. I love Evan, and no, and and everyone. By the way, I love everyone at XXI. Like yeah. it. Like again, it was awesome there, and I um, I would never say anything bad about. It. It's just like you get in your own head about things. Kind You're like of. it's radio. They can't see me. I can wear right. shorts. What the f? Right. Yeah. Look, there, then I refuse I mean, to every swear. every. Every workplace has um, people who will kind of bring the place down and, and mm -hmm. also elevate the place. You know, they're usually they're different people. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it had that. But at the same time, I would say all of those people are so awesome. I sure. adore them. I saw one today. I adore them so much. Great. Great. Yeah. Did you do the market today? 
I did. Yeah. yeah you, so you just do a little stick. You do a kombucha stand. People come up. They see cat. Yes. How can actually can we talk about the market for a second? Sure. I heard it was really crowded today. It was, I think. Yeah. It, what do you? Th- what's the feel? I haven't been to the market since coronavirus. What's okay. the? What's it like? Well, um, so there are rules now. You have to wear a face mask, and they put the arrows um, in the in the. Um, what do you call yeah, it? The aisle way. The aisle, hallway, whatever. whatever. Uh, so, you know, best you can, try and do that. Um, but all in all, I think it's mostly the same. I think uh, vendors are, are more encouraged to prepackage their stuff um, or to be, be handling mm-hmm. what they've got versus, like, you know, usually you can kind of just pick out a couple tomatoes, put a couple back, you know. Yeah. I think that that's pretty frowned upon right now. And I, and I do believe they have more, like, hand-washing stations around, but... Um, all in all, you know, it seems to me, it seems a lot safer than even going to a grocery store. You're in the out, you know, the outdoors. Um, but yeah, you have to wear the mask. Um, I, I pop up right outside my facility where we are right now, um, on railroad street, which is like just around like railroad street leads up to the market. But where I am is just around the corner from black button. And I just kind of do a little pop-up tent. Um, it's very uh, DIY and in the know, kind of. Um, <laughs> but your people know, though. I mean, the Catbucha followers love you. I, I talked about that last time, too. Like, you are, everyone likes Catbucha, but you also have, a, you know, you've got a little group of people. Who yeah, really you know, love when you, you put good stuff in their belly. But you, ha- you also have a great personality. I mean, you have to know that. You are a natural... I was going to use the word salesperson, and that's honestly, that's <laughs> not good enough. Because you're not, you're not like a salesperson salesperson. You are... No. You know what the perfect word is? You're just so, so damn authentic. Thank you, you. You just are who you are, and it's so refreshing. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate that. I, I don't know how I got... I feel very lucky. That's the thing. I actually feel super lucky that you even think that or that other people feel that way and um and you know before i started this because i worked at xxi and i also did a couple coffee shops and that kind of thing i knew a lot of people so you know my initial customers were people who knew me and then you know that's great and all i'm sure you have the similar thing started that way yeah but it's really good to know that it's not just because people like you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you start seeing people that you've literally never seen before. Do you remember that at the very beginning of Catbucha? Like, do you remember the first time strangers bought Catbucha? Yeah, I mean, it happened at my it happened at my grand opening. Although I will say, a lot of people I did know, but there were several people there that I had no idea who they were, and I was it's thrilled, cool. thrilled it? by it. Yeah. You know, it's thrilling, and it's almost you're almost nervous. Absolutely. And then did you did you also like day one? Let's say grand opening Catbucha. Did you have find it weird to take people's money? I was like excited by it. I was like, holy okay. shit, I can make money off this? I like couldn't believe, I think, okay, this is real talk. I think I made $800 that night. That's pretty good. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made $800. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I, I had was a- like, great, this could pay for rent for like a couple months maybe. I'm set, like, I'm gonna be rich, oh my God. Oh my God. And I love doing this, yes. And then, this, you know, it's great, it's great. I just, um, but yeah, every time someone pays me money or whatever, pays Kabucha money, I'm always like, 
it's it's that sense of responsibility that you're actually giving them something that's worth their money yes. though, too. It's it's a it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. I, I have to be honest. I, I very similar. We we opened at the Canandaigua Riesling Festival like six years oh ago. Oh my god, I love that festival. And I, I remember the I remember the woman coming up at like ten oh one AM when the thing opened and buying a couple jars of sauce. I never met her before and I just remember she handed me twenty bucks and I just couldn't believe someone yeah. was handing me money for it's, sauce. It's like a vote of co- it's like beyond a vote of confidence because yeah. people are actually taking the money that they worked hard for and they're giving it to you. Yes. It's crazy. Wait, can I ask you this question? Because uh, you, you were making kombucha before you started Catbucha yep. just at home, right? Yep. Did you start Catbucha kind of, I don't want to use the word illegal. Like on the sly? Yes. Did, were you selling kombucha before you were officially a business? Because I'm willing yes, to. Yes, so slightly. was I. I was selling sauce before I was a business. Yeah, too. I, mean, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that. Or I know. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, and honestly, the one place that I really sold it to the most before Capucha opened, and it was ve- uh, it was in very small quantities. I sent the, I sold them like a gallon here and there for cocktails. Was orbs. So whatever. I love orbs. They're out of business. Yes. No one's going to come back to haunt me, I hope. No. um, You know. I was just talking. I literally met people at like gas stations. I did it a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and, you know, at like two o'clock on Thursday, and I would have a list of four or five people who were coming to get like four or five jars each. What? Okay, that sounds way shadier than what I did. (laughs) And I just sold it to them in mason jars. That's amazing. I did that for a few months. We had already announced that the sauce business was starting. Yeah. And so for those few months before... That's exactly my same situation. Yep, 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 yep. And then, yeah, and also... um. To get my, um, I had to do something through Cornell. Well, I thought I had to do something through Cornell. Do you have to get yours process? Yes, process. Yes, okay. So technically with kombucha, you don't have to get that done. Um, But I thought I did at first because everything is very confusing about kombucha. Mm -hmm. At least a few years ago, since no one else was doing it. Um, The state really didn't know how to handle it. Is that just because it's refrigerated that you didn't have to do scheduled process? Um, it's because the state actually puts out a scheduled process. Um, it's like a, it's a report. It's called the number report and it's like a tried and true. Like if you follow this, you don't need to go to Cornell. Oh, okay. Although Cornell kind of disagrees. So if you're listening, Cornell, (laughs) it's not my fault. Take it up with ags. And then what do you, what do you deal with here in terms of inspection? Do you just get the the monthly drop in or what do you get? She has an annual drop in. I should say. I shouldn't say anything about this actually. (laughs) Nobody ever shows up. Do you know, you don't get She hasn't come in a little while, but I have like, she's come, she came at the beginning to open me. And then about six months later, and then I think a year later, and I haven't seen her since. Okay. Um, but I mean, times are hard. I mean, I don't think they're probably doing much oh, within person. I got my, so I'm, we're dual jurisdiction out at my new joint. Yeah. USDA, FDA, USDA is there every single day. What? Every day. Every day. Every day. Why? If we run USDA, I should I should say, as long as we're running USDA that day, which just means meat, if we're doing meat, Jeez. Uh, they show up every single day. Wow. Inspector in-house every day. Which I guess is, is should be at least encouraging to the public. Right. So they know, you know, that they're, we're being watched, everything is safe and all that. But I... I couldn't believe it because I know restaurants basically get a one a year, right? Right. Yeah. A lot of times restaurants will get one like during a busy season and one during an off season, I think. Um, yeah, I'm definitely due. I'm due for her to come by. Um, and the only 
the thing is with kombucha is that since it's such a rare business in Rochester, although, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily as much anymore, but, you know, every time my inspector would come, it take like more than two hours and you're sitting in my spot right now. Mm-hmm. It's very small. Mm-hmm. It's real small. And it's she spent more than two hours trying to figure out what I'm even doing in here. And I'm like, so this is how I heat water. Oh, you had to actually. And like, this is how I'm steeping the tea. Yeah, I walked through the whole process with her, which is fine. Yeah. I don't mind doing it. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking around your joint right now and it is small, but you it's efficient. You got you have a lot going on here. Yeah. Yep, there's, yep. Your, there's, your, there's your sink. Yep. You got your I got my machine. sinks good, yep. you know, and I've got. Yeah, so everything's everything's up on the up and up here, and then of course you know I'm moving, right? Oh, oh you actually started to talk about moving it, it, the last time we spoke. Are okay. you moving into a retail spot? Is that what's happening or not? Yes. Okay. Um, so I'm moving the whole shebang. Nice. Um, about a hundred yards that way. Awesome. Towards <laughs> towards the market. Are you going to the other <laughs> side? Yep, I'm going to the other side of the road. Okay. Of Railroad Street, 106 Railroad Street. Where is that in relations to Fiorella Cure and all that, all the stuff I know? So we're, we're still on railroad, so we're not in the Market Row over there. That's Fiorella and Cure. Those buildings are the, what's called Market Row. Okay. Um, where we are, Railroad Street, um, if you were to like walk out of Black Button or out of Rohrbach and look across the street, you're looking right at my place. Got it. So we're going to be like a nice little triangle corridor here I'm of excited awesome for you. beverages. Yes, yeah. that's so great. When do you move? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um... You know, it's up in the air. Yes, yeah, everything <laughs> is right now. Yeah, but we're getting close. It's, it's. I'm sure that um, there's some of this with what you just did too. But there's a lot of hoops to jump through to make sure you're doing everything right. And then, you know, for this building, we're changing the use. So there's that. Um, we're adding an addition onto the back of 30 feet. So there's building that needs to happen, and then, then the build out of you know what it will look like will actually happen. So. Um, we're putting like a, thank you. My God, can you imagine? Think I'm so to, ready. I'm so stoked the, and I'm so ready. What about the night you made 800 bucks your grand opening? I know. Did you ever think you were going to get to this? I this know. This is huge. I'm like, I need a hundred times that to do what I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but, but you're there. Yeah. Right. I'm it's happening. There. Congratulations. Thank Kat. you. That's thank awesome. You. Yeah. So, 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 t- so lay it out for me. Is it a bar? People walk in, they sit down. Yeah. I mean, yep. in theory, you know, after Corona shits the bed. Right. If, if only it would sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, so what it's going to look like right now, it doesn't look like much. There's two white garage doors and then this kind of like crappy siding looking door entryway and this is peaches and tomatoes out on the front peaches and tomatoes um it used to be a wholesaler in there and it's kind of like a garage building so we're gonna kind of get rid of all of those doors um there's gonna be a glass door entryway a glass garage door and then the other garage door is just gonna be replaced by a big glass window so when you it's gonna be all very open feeling you're gonna go in and then off to the back and the right is gonna be the bar we're gonna have a walk-in cooler there where the bar is gonna be on the outside of that, um, I'm gonna put some seating along that glass win- that glass window so people can like sit right up onto that and like look out mm-hmm. onto Railroad Street, which will be cool. That is really cool. Um, That'll we'll be the- like such a hot spot on. I'm at, like, hoping it'll be like I'm hoping people will like it. You oh, know, people are gonna love that. What is, yeah. what's the menu? What's on the menu uh, other than ob- the obvious? So yeah, obviously kombucha, and then I want to do some sort. Of, I want to do some sort of offering of like food to go, but I'm not gonna. I can't really do the whole kitchen deal mm-hmm. um 
at least I don't think I can right now. I, you know, maybe in the future, but for now I'm going to try and just offer some grab and go items out of like a kind of like a, um, reach in cooler. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, I'm going to work with, um, so far the plan is to work with Andrea Peros from Red Fern. Um, I've talked to her a lot about it. We've, she's, she and I have been on a very similar journey for the past like year because she was potentially looking into expanding into another spot as well to expand her, um, business and, and especially like catering and doing more of, um, food that she can sell to other businesses to sell. Essentially. She does the cookies and the brownies and all that. She's just running out of space. Um, and at one point we almost got spaces right next to each other. That was like going to be amazing. But unfortunately it kind of the building i don't know the owners wasn't a good deal they effed it up yeah they didn't realize what a money combo they they were letting walk away i wouldn't i agree (laughs) i agree they definitely fucked up um so but she's she's uh and if you're following red fern at all she's been posting about her expansion a little bit she got the variants to expand into the apartment next to her oh so so she is staying put she's just expanding within her spot okay yep so um and then, of course, I've got this going on. So, you know, I still want to keep her. She's a good friend of mine. And we have very much um, like interest with, um, you know, business and, and lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So I no, it's an awesome idea. I yeah. mean, just you alone doing what you're doing, everything you described. But then the fact that you're going to have grab and go by Redfern. That's what huge I'm, deal. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, yeah. So that's the plan as of right now. Um, and then, of course, we'll add more things as as needed. I think I will do coffee. Uh, I was kind of toying around with maybe doing it, maybe not doing it. But, um, you know, people, I think, will want it. Uh, but I'm not going to go through the whole um, espresso machine or mm-hmm. pour overs and that kind of thing. It'll probably just be like a drip um, style. And, and obviously, I want to have some sort of cold brew on tap. I have a history in coffee. Um, so I'm a little sad I'm not doing the the espresso <laughs> machine because it was so fun. I love doing that. But um, and is it is it going to be morning, noon, and night, or is it morning and noon, or noon right. and night? Or? Um, so I haven't completely decided on what the schedule will be yet, but it'll probably be something where it's like a Wednesday through Sunday uh, for retail, or maybe Tuesday through Sunday in the summertime because of the Tuesday market. Um, and then I'll probably close it down around like five, six. I haven't really decided yet, but since we're not really serving alcohol and, um, we don't really have like food, food, um, I don't, I don't think we need to be open that late. Um, and are you going to still produce out of where you are right now? Or are you going to move production there? We're too? moving all over there. So wow. the, the expansion of 30 feet back, that's all going to house, uh, the fermentation back there. Huge. So, and, and bottling and all that good stuff. So God, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so stoked. I can't wait. I'm very, I'm like, I've been feeling scared to like leave the nest and uh, John Erlab who owns Rohrbach, amazing person. Yeah. Amazing, amazing person. And they've been so gracious too with the fact with COVID and all that. Like I, you know, I was supposed to like have that place built by June first, and that's, you know, Monday tomorrow. Love, by the way, if I can just tell you, is amazing. And I, I never got the chance to talk about this either. But I, in December, I did a charity dinner inside Rohrbach on a Monday when they were closed. John and I, he gave mm-hmm. a tour and did a beer tasting, and then I made all the food with some of his staff, and it, it was great. And before the people showed up, we had a few minutes to sit down. And he asked me, what are your plans? And I told him, I go, I got to tell you, I have this opportunity and I'm thinking about leaving radio and doing this sauce thing. And he just flat out said, 
yes do it yeah 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 and and I, and I was i was like you, really you're not even questioning because at the time i was still questioning yeah. right and and he's like no do it you have to yeah <laughs> what else are you gonna do yeah. though paul yeah. that's yeah. the thing right where right. i mean where else is the sauce gonna go it's it, it, you know and then and then another local guy uh dan nothnagel three heads yeah, yeah yeah he said shit or get off the pot <laughs> you know <laughs> And I was like, I guess, I guess that's true. I have to. And so yeah. I had to gut check. That's you, awesome. You talked about the beginning of this interview, self-reflection. I had to self-reflect and I had to go, am I sort of like the emperor without clothes? Right. Or, or am I going to go walk the walk? Right. I got to go walk. I got to go try and walk and the walk. Here's and get the, the thing, though. Your sauce is like so good and incredibly successful. And it's, it has crazy name recognition, I think, you know, for a name that has a difficult sauce that has a difficult name. It's the wor- I'm, I told you I'm the worst business person you ever met. No, I named we- it something that you cannot spell, pronounce, or remember. Well, people have no idea what kabucha even means. <laughs> Do you get people who, who have no idea what you're doing? Well, they get like, the, I get a lot of light bulb moments when they're like, oh, cat, like, what's your name? I'll be like, cat. And they're like, oh, oh. you know, um, <laughs> I see what you did. And I have a lot of people who think that kombucha is just called kabucha, which secretly was my master plan. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. But do you ever get because you sit there? Do you do little samples or no? You got to buy it. Or will no, you give I sample. A, Are you kidding? Me? You'll do a little ounce or something oh like that. Oh my or a, god! Of course I sample. Okay, just tell me that because I think we've all had this. I don't know if you're willing to talk about it. Yeah. Have you had ever had anyone try it and go? I hate this. Because <laughs> um, by, by the some way, people, I have, yes. I have had it. I've had yes. it happen to me. I mean, with your stuff. No, I'm just kidding. No, with my stuff. No, I'm but kidding. I mean, yeah, <laughs> with right, my right. Stuff. I'm just. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've had. I've had. A wide range. I of can't believe reactions. the balls on some people. Some people have balls. I, I, I cannot don't believe name it. names, but some <laughs> employee of a nearby business uh. came by <laughs> like two weeks ago and couldn't have mansplained me more. Oh Jesus! About my product, and I was just like, "Can you please leave? Like, I'm. I just gave you something for free." Wait, he was trying to teach you about kombucha. He was just telling me how much better it would be if it was alcoholic. Oh, right. So now you know it could be one of two neighbors. <laughs> but gotcha. you know, and then of course he. I so right now you know we were talking a little bit about market practices. Anyone who comes to the kombucha market or the public market, frankly, you have to have a face covering on. You know, so this guy comes up. Sorry, I don't have my mask, but that's okay, right? You know, I'm just oh, like, God. and then he's like practically walking inside my space. I'm like, you need to back up, yeah. back up. Yeah. You know, people. Some people just don't think the rules apply to them. You know. Yeah. It's it sucks. Yeah. It's shitty about people. People. That's the thing too. The other thing about business. You said you have a competitive streak. It people in business can be shitty. There's good people. Oh my God! And yeah. And then there's shitty people. Oh and my God! Yeah. There's people who are are gonna, they're gonna try and undercut. They're gonna overcut. You know, here's the thing. You were the first kombucha in Rochester. Then there were new kombuchas that came around, right? right? And, that, and in one way, that's a good thing because it shows that kombucha's working. And in another way, you know, you had the whole game to yourself for a minute, and now you've got some competition. Sure. And I think, and I don't know to what extent you want to talk about it. You do not have to if you don't want to. But by all means, you're the boss. But uh, you had some issues with that. By the way, me too. It's another reason why I like you so much because I'm like, oh my god, I can totally like right. like get advice from her on sure. how to handle this. Sure. Uh, you've had people try to undercut you, right? How have you dealt with it? How have you dealt with when when people actually attack your business, other business people? I right. should say. Right. Well, I will say that I get along. I I I'm pretty sure. Like the thing is, I don't super 
keep in touch like daily or weekly or even monthly with some of the other kombucha producers, though I get along with them quite all right. I mean, um, Kat from Happy Gut, she's great. She carries my product in her store. Um, oh, that poor girl's name is Kat. Yeah, so that, her name is, this is, we get this all the time. I'm this sure. Is a, that's a problem, I have to admit. I actually haven't really talked to her about it specifically because I, you know, obviously it's sort of it's benefits. It's a problem for her, not for you. Yes. Yes. That poor girl. Had, <laughs> well, we're both named Kat. I so. <laughs> but I can only imagine <laughs> how many spelled this, different. She says, I'm Kat and I own a kombucha company. And somebody goes, oh my God, I love you. And she's right. like, okay. I. There's a chance you don't, though. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> yes, know? I've definitely gotten um, people have, having gotten us mixed up. I mean, mostly people don't get us mixed up if they've seen or talked to us because we look very different. Um, I'm white and she's Korean, I want to okay. say. Um, sorry, Kat, if you're not Korean. Um, and, but yeah, so as far as dealing with like competition and if people are, you know, trying to undercut me or like, I think the thing that I found that's happened to me the most is that I'll have an idea and I'll put it out there and be like, oh, look at this cool thing I'm going to do. And then, you know, a day later, I'll see one of my competitors do the exact same thing. Yes. And that is not you, cool you get in my book. Like, it's just not cool. Like, c- come up with your own thing, you know, uh, or well, so you your get own pissed, flavors. But how do you... How do you... Okay, so the way that I deal with it is that because I am a sensitive person Uh and I know that it's probably not personal, um, but I can't differentiate that. I just don't look at their social media or anything that they're doing. I literally... And you know what? Maybe someone will think that this is a bad idea, but I kind of isolate myself from what others are doing because I'm busy doing what I'm doing and I can't yeah. get caught up with being like oh man cat did this really cool thing other cat um, happy gut cat and I wish I had thought about that and maybe maybe I'll do something similar or something you know it's yeah. like you can get I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole why do I want to why so do true. I want to do anything that she's doing because one she's amazing at what she does so I don't need to do it my way she can have she can do what she does um and i'm ha- and i want her to be successful at it um and i'm not trying to pick on cat there's also heidi from rock Bucha who's amazing you know i don't i'm not trying to take their ideas um or even let their ideas influence my ideas whether it's good or bad you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so um i learned that it wasn't something that i initially did at first it was something where i was like started to feel um and again, I want to stress that, like, I know I'm sensitive and I know that I take things personally. Like, this is, like, it's a flaw of mine. So I counteract it by just ignoring we, it. We all we all do, though. Yeah. The, the people who pretend they're not sensitive, they don't take things personally, they're full of shit. I think everybody's yeah. sensitive. Everyone takes things personally. For sure. I'm, everything you're saying, too, I can relate to. I can go down a rabbit hole reading social media. And anytime we put, anytime my sauce is, we do a lot of social media. Anytime, there's always going to be somebody who comments, like, fat shit, overpriced. You know, they're always, yeah, always, yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've started to reply and then just hit delete, put my phone down, and went, I can't fucking do it. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't put it in writing. I gotta just, Absolutely. just gotta ignore. It's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard to ignore. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, if some, I mean, I, I have, I don't think I've, I want to say that I've done this at least once, and I don't think I've done it very often because I, I, do, I try not to make a practice of doing this. But if someone really does post something that's like 
blatantly false or Mm -hmm. serves no purpose but to kind of um, just be mean or a troll Mm -hmm. or or something like that, I'll delete it. I'll just delete it. You mean, yeah, like as the admin of your own Yeah, I'm like, you know what? If it's mean or they're a troll, that's great. If it's actually a lie... Right. That is the one time, and it's and to be honest, with you, in six years in business, this probably only happened to me two or three times where someone actually put a lie. That yeah. was they were stating up to them it was a fact, but it wasn't true. Right. I will respond, but I do it very like professionally. For I don't sure. say like "fuck you." I say like "no, actually, <laughs> like, no, that actually did not happen. Right. <laughs> that never happened. I exactly. have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's I mean, good, good I advice. got some when I first started because I was really poor because I built this whole thing from nothing. I was fermenting in um, like a corrosion resistant plastic bucket and a lot of people, by the way, ferment in plastic or do vinegars in plastic, wines in plastic, it happens, people. Um, And I think one of my first posts I made on Instagram, I posted the, the the fermenters that I was using and someone kind of got on there and started to um, talk about how it's not good to do it, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And that I should check out like Walmart because they have cheaper glass or I don't know. It was just like, and it, 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 you know, I private messaged her and I was like, hey, listen, you know, if you want to have this conversation, that's fine. But can we do it here versus going back and forth? You know, I don't want to spread any information that might not be true or like because, you know, you're feeling empowered this way. And she was great. She was like, I'm going to delete my comment. You're so right. We can talk about it here. Great. And, um, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to bring any, you know, any negativity to your brand new business. And I was like, wow, you know, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, like, kind of understanding my position. I, I fully understand your position. I just didn't great. have an extra $4,000 to buy, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. better fermenters. So Great. Good, Dad. You handled that perfectly. Yeah, then. it happens. It, Social media. It Ugh. does. It's tough. It's so goddamn tough. Can I ask you another? Uh, speaking of social media, though, yeah. I did see on your social media some drama. Are you willing to talk about the drama on my like, social media? Yeah, like a guy is showing up at your house or something. Oh, on my personal, my um, my oh, my Facebook ca- page. Yeah, not Capucha, but Katarina Shores. Yes. Yeah. Is, yeah, a guy I'll talk up? about it because it actually is a really interesting story. Okay. By the way, I wrote it all down and sent it into my favorite podcast, which is my favorite murder, if anyone listens to that. Oh my podcast. God, you're a true crime person? Stay sexy and don't get murdered. <laughs> what are your, okay, so that's your favorite one. What's What other true crime do you listen oh, to? Oh, I've listened to a bunch of them. In the Dark was really good. Dr. Death was really good. Last podcast on the left? No? Okay, I cannot get into the no. hosts. You don't like those guys? It's like I tried. I have to admit, I that's my that's my. And jam. it's so hard because my Karen killed to get Karen killed Gareth, which is on my favorite murder. Loves that podcast, but I, yeah, I can't get into Couldn't it. Do it. I mean, I'm not exclusively a true crime junkie. Yeah. Um, crime junkie is also another one that I listen to. <laughs> Recommend another podcast though before we get to the and we'll close. Okay, we'll um, end the show with your story. With my story. The, okay, yeah. so Reply All is great. I love yeah. that podcast. There are some that I really love that aren't. Um, going anymore which is the cut on Tuesdays that was amazing science versus is really good okay I'll stop but no, we, I listen to a lot of podcasts here because of you know a lot of times I'm working by myself that that's the world I'm in now too by the way mm-hmm. like a lot of if I'm just labeling and boxing and palletizing I'm alone 
and I can roll through podcasts. It I helps you go roll. faster. It does. You get lost. You get mentally lost. Yep. In this story that's being told. And once you start to know like how long the podcasts are, you're like, okay, I can definitely like get through like bottling these three kegs before this is <laughs> <It's> over. <so laughs> like, what's the perfect length for a podcast, by the way? Because I keep looking down. We literally just hit an hour, and I feel like that's about the right. I time. think that's good. Yeah. I think an hour or um, like. Less than an hour and a half, I think, is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes if I see two hours and 34 minutes, I'm like, okay. Yeah. I like this podcast, but that's intimidating. That's yeah. a bit much. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you about yeah. um, what's happening in my house. So we live in the South Wedge, um, Clayton and I, and we've lived in this house for like five years. Oh, nah, four years. And we live on one of those classic South Wedge streets where it's like, it looks like a driveway, but when you look down there, there's like six houses back there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we pretty much know our neighbors really well. Um, and anyways, it's quiet. Um, generally, I don't get my car broken into that much there. Um, and if I do, it's probably because I didn't lock my doors. Um, but some weird stuff did happen at first when we first moved in. Like we kind of thought someone was squatting in our backyard before we moved in because the house was vacant and it was unlocked. So we kind of thought someone was maybe squatting there for a little bit. Um, when we first moved in, like I would say like within the first month, we were so stoked because I had a backyard and it was, it's really cute. Um, and I walked out to the backyard one day and all of a sudden I, not all of a sudden, but like I saw this gas grill in the backyard that was not there before, like a full on straight grill. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell is that? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck brought a grill into our backyard? Like yeah. that's like that takes like effort. Yeah, that's Who a big that? deal. That's someone who's moved in. Like right. they're comfortable enough to throw a barbecue. Like someone yeah. brought their grill to our backyard. Yes. And but not only you, that. Why do you need to squat if you own a grill? By the way. Not only well, not only that. When we opened the grill, there was a rolled up dollar bill in it, a one dollar bill. Mm. So I only bring this up because it comes back in the story. <laughs> um. So. About, I want to say two or three weeks ago, um, we get this knock at the door. Clayton's home. I'm here at Capucha. And he answers it. And it's this guy. And he's got this story where he's, you know, he says he used to live in the house. He lived there in 2008. And um, he left some things in the house. And he needs to come in to get them. And um, the things he left in the house was, uh, apparently, he said he left his IDs and his debit cards in the walls of our bathroom hmm. and a bag of pills in an open drain pipe in our basement. So Clayton's obvious like, uh, no, you can't come in. Sorry. But like, here's the name and number of the guy who owns this house. You know, like you should call him and cause he's claiming like the house was sold out from under him, all this stuff, you know, and obviously we're thinking, okay, the, none of that stuff's going to be good by now. That's 12 years ago. So, um, we didn't call the cops or anything because, you know, we kind of just thought maybe he would go away or like, I don't know. It just didn't seem like right to involve the police in something that maybe was nothing, you know? And how, what was he like? Was he, did he seem normal or did he seem jittery or overly? So when I asked Clayton about it, he said that, cause he's like a little bit older, a little bit scruffy, but doesn't look homeless. And he just seemed like calm okay. about it. Um, but he had like this, you know, he was telling a story kind of thing. So we were just like, whatever. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. We were like weirded out. I posted on the neighborhood group about it on Facebook. Um, just to be like, Hey, does anyone, has anyone seen this or heard this story? Like, you know, anyways, 
We didn't call the police, like I said, and um, then he just started coming back more and more. Um, so he would come back. A lot of times he would come back when we weren't home and our neighbor would tell us that he came back. Um, and then uh, it was actually a week ago today he came back. Um, I was getting up ready to go to the market. Um, it wasn't quite 7 a.m. because I had my alarm go off at 7. He came before 7 a.m. <laughs> Okay, that is, first of all, that's a little weird. Right? Like, what are you doing? Um, what is the appropriate time, by the way, to, that you to can To drop on, by? To, I'd, on a Saturday? I don't know. Maybe like 1030 yeah. at the earliest? I was going to go like 9, but even but this, it's definitely not before 7. Right. It's not okay ever to knock on someone's door before 7 a.m. And especially in this situation when, like, clearly we've told you, like, please don't come back. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So Clayton snaps the photo of him, which you saw on Facebook. And he's of, like holding up his ID or yes, something. Yes. And everyone's like, how did you get him to hold his ID? He voluntarily holds up his ID. His ID is a Texas identification card, not a license. And it says his name, Thomas Dale, uh, Thomas Dale Latin on it. Maybe I shouldn't say his name, but well, I mean, it kind of pertains to the story, though. Okay. So, so he has his holds his license up and clayton's like hey hold on a second goes gets his phone and he's like taking a photo and the guy's like looking right at him he's posing <laughs> for the picture yeah posing yeah so anyways we call the cops they come and at this point we had already filed a police report from one of the other times he came by and um when they came by they were just like they didn't take the f they didn't want the photo they didn't take any notes they he basically said we're getting off soon you know blah 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 so then i'm thinking i'm here doing the market i'm like oh my god one of the police officers that does this area is a huge kabuja fan he's a really nice guy clayton's done work at his house i'm like why didn't i think about this before so i call him up um he comes by and i give him the whole story he looks him up in the system anyways i'm gonna try and wrap this up it's a longish story but um he has mental illness and he's known to the police all this stuff we kind of find out that um you know a little bit more about him that he's that he has schizophrenia and that kind of thing so then someone posts on the facebook group says hey guess what i looked in the county clerk office and your house used to be owned by a guy named Vito latin and he was survived by his one son thomas dale latin of uh, texas so there's truth he yeah, used to live there he really did Anyways, Tuesday rolls around. He comes back. Clayton calls the cops. Um, and he's talking to the guy while they're waiting for the cops to come. And here's where the grill rolls back around. He goes, hey, you know, back before you guys lived here, I put a grill in the backyard and someone stole it. And I even put a rolled up dollar bill in it. <laughs> and we're like thinking, he didn't let on, but he was like, what the fuck? This guy <laughs> has been coming around our house for four fucking years. Uh -huh. So... Long story short, we God. don't want anything bad to happen to him, and he's actually be being treated right now. So the police did come. They're, they're, um, he's being treated okay. for his, you know, he's being put on medication for his schizophrenia, and apparently he's doing well. So I'm being like informed a little bit about it, like not, not to the point where it's a violation necessarily. I don't think, but um, just so, just so I, they, they want me to know that like, hey right now he's not on the streets mm -hmm. you know you don't have to worry about him coming around and then when he does get released because he will be stabilized and eventually they'll release him you know they're gonna let me know and okay. if he does come back around here's the name and number of his caseworker and um you know instead of calling the police as long as he's not doing anything criminal you know call, call the caseworker case she's in the field she'll come out is there help. any any evidence of any violence at all 
though? Because it's the only thing that I'm worried about. Right. So you. apparently, like the the only thing I know that he has been that's like more of a violent offense that he had was in either in Florida or Texas. I wasn't clear on that. Where he like walked onto a hospital floor and said he wanted to start a fire. Huh. But if anyone knows anyone who's schizophrenic, it's like he probably w- wasn't going to do that. Um, it's hard. I think it's really hard. People, you know, with people with schizophrenia, they, there's a lot of information coming in and a lot of it seems like it's all really happening. Um, so, you know, my friend who is the police officer, he was like, I want to stress that, like, if you feel like you're in danger or if he is doing something violent or illegal, call me, you should call the cops. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like call 911, you know, but he's he's, you know, I use this term loosely aware that if he comes back to our place, like we could press criminal charges, but again, I don't want to hurt him. I don't think, you know, he wouldn't go to jail in that situation. He would just be issued an appearance ticket, but um, all in all, you know, we kind of want to help him as much as we can while also like gaining back our own personal security of, of like, you know, this house we've really like nested in and it's, it's awesome. Um, and I think it's because we love the house so much that, and it was his father's house that like, it's like, I have this kinship towards him that I'm like, okay, I understand why you, why you're coming back here. Like yeah. it's special. I get it. And I want to like help you in a way. Um, and I don't want to hurt you for sure. Like I definitely don't want to, you know, make things worse for him. Um, and I just don't know if he has any family out, you know, so anybody who's related to him and is listening to this, <laughs> Again, all the massive people out there that are are got to this point in this podcast. I feel like now you're making fun of me. No, I think it's like I think I'm expecting a lot of phone calls for this. Um, I feel like I'm going to disappoint you. (laughs) No, I really do. And and actually, we did um, just one little anecdote. We did look in the basement for some stuff because we thought like if he was squatting before we really moved in, maybe he did hide something in there. And we found his grandfather's um, certificate of citizenship to the United States oh, wow. from Italy. So I've got it in a little plastic baggie. And if and when he does come around, you know, I think, you know, Give I know it it's him. not what he wants yeah. or what, I guess what he's claiming he wants. But like it's his property and it's his history. Um, so I don't know. I feel like an old person. I like went on Ancestry and looked them all up and was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I don't know. It's kind of a story that started off scary, but like kind of turned into something different. You know what I mean? Yes. And and I, I love how you handled it and you did the right thing. And I love that at the end of it, you have a heart towards the guy. Some people would have just written him off completely and thought, please never bother me again. Right. And instead you're like, I hope he's okay. I have this thing. And if I see him, I'm going to give it to him. Right. I, I think it just, it speaks to your character. You are, Aww. you are a great person. And uh, I know I don't know you that well, but I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of yours, too. Thanks for doing this podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, what's, what's your advice? How do I make this podcast something people actually want to listen to? I mean, it's, it, it is new. Right. Uh, it is, you're only the fifth episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and my idea is just to have conversation, like long-form conversations with interesting people in Rochester. That's, that's all I got. I don't know what the key is to a great podcast, but I do think that having a charismatic host is a good one. And I mean, you so are- we need a new host. No, uh, oh, oh. I'm to say <laughs> I thought you were saying we need amazing. a new host. Okay, <laughs> you're, I think you're the perfect person to want to for me to want to listen to a podcast. Should sure. it be all different types of people, or should it just be food people? That's the that's mm. the big thing I get because the thing I used to do was always just food people, and I get a lot of people who say 
well, we want you to do a lot of food people. Right. But, but I, I always felt a little confined by the food thing. Well, I think that there's different ways you can approach the food, too. Like, you don't have to just do the business owners. You could do some, like... I think it'd be really cool to get the opinion of, you know, some of the great bartenders in this area or, you know what I mean? Like there's ways you can come at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. But I mean, there definitely are people I think that are interesting in this town that are the owners. Like I, you should ask John Swan if he would do it. He's a very interesting person. I've had him a couple of times. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, my sauce business, we just did a collaboration with Vern's. Yeah, right, right, right. But, and then when we, that was the one thing that got kind of crushed by the pandemic. Yeah. There was set to be a news, you know, Tracy Schumacher was going to do a story about it. It was going to go into Wegmans and then. I feel you, dude. That was like, that's my coffee collaboration with Joe Bean. So, oh, same thing. It just got, just yeah, kind of It, it got released the first two weeks of March. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. No, it's still happening. You can still buy it off my website. So don't, it's not that bad. Exactly. Same story for us. It's like, it's still happening, but it's, it's kind of eking its way along as opposed to it was going to be, right. I think it was going to be a big deal and, and it just didn't end up and it wasn't anyone's fault. Yeah. It just happened. It's just how yeah. the cookie crumbles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kat, thanks for doing this. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. No, should that be the way that I end the podcast? I, I don't know. Like, um, and that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> what do you like? What do you do with sauce? You like peel the. That's just how the tomato peels. <laughs> and that's how the basil gets thrown into the you pot. You definitely that's should terrible. come up with a catchphrase like, "I should love I? stay sexy and get stay sexy and don't get murdered." <laughs> that is that's unbeatable. Why don't we end this with that? You <laughs> no, go we ahead. can't take it from them. They and, might come and at us. And it's a shout out to them. It's a okay. plug. You and you end it. We'll end it on. Cat, go ahead. I can't say it now. No. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed. I'm. We're just gonna end it as. Wait, you're anch- amazing. Let, let's do Anchorman. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> go fuck yourself, COVID nineteen. <laughs>